Good morning. You look wonderful, even with the mask on. So um, last week, Reverend Taylor asked, how is your soul doing? This week, we're going to build on that a bit and ask, how is your noticing? How is your following going? So would you pray with me? Oh God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O oh God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. This invitation, this follow me invitation, is direct. Its brevity captures my imagination and my, and my admiration. Um, I imagine that its brevity, given what we're getting ramped up for, the final wrap of the uh, governor's, uh, the mayor's race, is interesting. Particularly, we're going to be hearing a lot of words. But the Christian writer, Frederick Bigner, says, at times, I must confess, I become word-worried. At times, I must confess, I become word-worried. But on this text this morning, I hope you have noticed that Jesus practices an economy of words. They're just two words, follow me. The appeal is pithy. It's a platform that is very simple. Now, those to whom he is addressing these words, it's amazing. You know why? Because they do just that. They do just that. You might ask yourself, just like that? Immediately, on a hunch, on a hope? They dropped everything, family, friends, careers, and they followed Jesus. Now a good psychologist, and I, I'm a social worker, not a psychologist, would say that this is a, some sort of a sense of a reckless abandonment about it all. To just go off on a hunch, just to get up and leave. But let me add, to our understanding of this. Their actions are not without precedent. In the rabbinical tradition, it was expected that a student or a disciple would take up company with the person, their mentor or their teacher. It was assumed that the more frequent contact you have with that person, the more you're gonna learn about the way to follow or to, to, to walk in their steps. I call this on-the-job training, amen? So, so James and to those to whom Jesus is issuing this call also are not complete strangers. Some of them have probably heard about Jesus. They might have witnessed the baptism of Jesus by John the Baptist down in the Jordan River. They might have heard John the Baptist saying, this is Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. They might have heard about Jesus being on his wilderness trek and the temptations that he faced. But whatever it was, they wanted more. They wanted more. There was something that drew them to Jesus. The question this morning is what attracts you to Jesus? 
What is it that attracts you to Jesus? Is it Jesus' teaching? Is it just preaching? Someone once said that they never heard anyone speak like Jesus spoke. He spoke with authority. He spoke with compassion. What is it that attracts you to Jesus? Is it his ability to calm a storm with just the words, peace, be still, and the winds obey? Could it be something about his name? Now, in the African-American church that I grew up in, the elders would sing, I'm not going to sing this morning, say hallelujah. <laughs> the choir knows this is bad. <laughs> the words of the song are simply this, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There is something about that name, kings and kingdoms will all pass away but there's something about that name. What attracts you to Jesus? For the would-be disciples, the invitation to follow is an invitation to lose family and friends and careers. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Follow me, the invitation means to lose understandings, assumptions, beliefs, and fear is an invitation for us to move outside of our comfort zones into godly peace, into contentment, liberation, and justice. The invitation issued over 2,000 years ago continues to be an unchanged challenge for us today. Jesus said, follow me and lose something, toss it aside, or be in the process of tossing it aside. As life has tumbled down upon us over the past, I think it's 19 months, I'm counting, right? We've learned a lot about ourselves as a community. And in this season of racial reconciliation and reckoning, I don't think we're at the reconciliation point, but of racial reckoning, there are deep racial divides in our world. And you know what? We are strangers to one another. This is an interesting number, and I usually don't throw out a lot of statistics, but I'm going to do it this morning. 75% of Caucasian people have no black friends, and 66% of white people have no white friends. We don't know our neighbors, and often our discourse is ruled by fear, a lack of urgency, and conflict. But you see, this invitation that's issued this morning, as it was over 2,000 years ago, is an invitation for us to unlearn that distance between that, that, that we have between one another. Unlearning distance requires us to have a willingness to get close to people that are different from ourselves. What I'm talking about is getting close to people that we might not see, getting close to people that are ignored or shunned or neglected, those that have been more, more sinned against by systems of oppression and injustice. You see, Jesus got close to people. He noticed them. He, no, he noticed them. Yes, he saw people. He was a great noticer. Growing up as a minority under the harsh rule of the Roman Empire, Jesus didn't have the luxury of not noticing others. Are you a good noticer? 
When Jesus walked this earth, he saw people in the midst of the crowds, and oftentimes it was his very disciples that said, oh, don't go over there. These people are a distraction. They're an interruption. We've got another program we've got to attend to. They were a nuisance. But Jesus saw it differently. You remember the story of blind Bartimaeus who was crying out from the side of the road for healing? The disciples said, oh, we got, try, to, try to have him tone it down. But Jesus not only heard blind Bartimaeus, but he stopped and he listened and he heard and he healed. Jesus saw blind Bartimaeus' needs, his faith, and his heart. The story of the widow who came to synagogue and gave all that she had. Many who were counting the money said, that's not going to make any difference. But Jesus said she gave from her heart. She gave far more than those who gave out of their abundance. When the disciples tried to keep the little children from Jesus, it was another teaching moment for the disciples, for he explained to them how important and how valued children were, are. And he saw each child in their heart. The Samaritan woman at the well in Samaria, Jesus met her and her life was changed forever. He, this Jesus, was able to look beyond all cultural barriers. He saw her. Jesus held the hands of those who had leprosy. He wiped tears away. And over and over and over and over and over again, the power of God's love was shared with all that he came in contact with. You see, there's power in being close. When we get close, we hear things that we don't hear from a distance. You see, we can see things when we get up close. When we draw near and incline our ear and our hearts to others, we are noticing. In drawing near, we exercise what I call the power. We exercise the muscle of the heart, which is compassion. And this compassion is what links us to be going outside of ourselves. It is a capacity for outreach. Compassion enables us to draw closer. It compels us to go outside of ourselves. It compels us to go beyond ourselves into the beating pulse of the world. Compassion makes us human. And it's more than sympathy. Compassion draws us and fuels us to take responsibility for our suffering, responsibility for ourselves, and the work of justice and action. We were created to be with one another. And these past 19 months have been hard, right? Because we were created to be with one another and to be in relationship with one another. So when I was a child, and that wasn't that long ago, okay, when I was a child, was a long time ago, okay? But I do, I do remember a game we played called Follow the Leader. Has anyone here ever played that game? 
Very good. So if you remember the game, someone has chosen to be the leader, right? Okay, someone's chosen to be the leader, and you follow behind that person. And, and the idea of following behind the person is that you're going to mimic them. You're going to mimic them all the way. This is not what Jesus had in mind when he said, follow me. When Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee and called out to Peter and Andrew and James and John, his invitation was, no, don't just tag along. You see, the Greek translation of the word follow means to accompany. It means to assist. It means to walk side by side. It's an invitation to come up close next to someone, to be right by their side. When we go outside of our comfort zone, I don't know about you, but I need someone right by my side. Jesus' invitation is to let go of fear and doubt and ego, and it is a beautiful image to just lose ourselves, to only find ourselves at home in the arms of Jesus. Not to sleep, but when we find our arms in Jesus, we find ourselves more alive, more vibrant, more connected, more filled with God's love. So the invitation to follow me is to trust God with your very life. There was a man, and he was up at uh, Niagara Falls, and um, he, he's a tightrope walker, right? And so he is, he's, he's got the tightrope, and it's from one end to the other across the falls. And so he, a crowd has gathered, because they want to see what he's up to. So uh, they have gathered, and he, he asked the crowd, who would like to see me walk across the tightrope? And the crowd clapped, and they said, yes, we do. We want to see you. And so he did it. He walked, and he was successful. He came back, and he asked the crowd, who would like to see me walk across the tightrope uh, blindfolded? And... The crowd said, yes, please do it. And he did. And he was successful. So he came back the third time and he asked the crowd, who would like to see me walk across the tightrope, blindfolded, and, and push a wheelbarrow? And then he added something to that. He said, who wants to get in the wheelbarrow? Nobody. The crowd was silent. This morning, my friends, there is a path for us to walk. There's a path that's already been laid many, many years ago. It's, a, it's not uncharted territory as we grow in our faith. It's a path that we can walk to freedom, to liberation, to joy, to peace and to truth-telling. And it's a path that we don't walk alone. We do not walk this path alone. The invitation this morning and all days of our lives, regardless of where we are on this Christian journey, is this. Follow me. Follow me. Let us pray.
Good and gracious God, we come to you in this hour <clears throat> with our anxieties and our fears and our doubts. But you, but you continue to call out with this challenge. We would ask, oh, more, oh God, this morning that you would give us courage, that you would give us vision, but most of all, that you would give us love. Love to reach out and to love one another and to have that compassion so that we might follow you. And let all of God's people together say, amen. Amen. You weren't sleeping on me, were you? Amen.